Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. On this final episode of the season, we continue our discussion of Adams, Tennessee and the Bellwitch Farm as we talk about the more modern stuff. All that and more on Small Town Secrets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 6.10, also known as the season finale of season 6. And uh, you may have noticed I didn't say tonight at the beginning of all of this. There's two reasons, two reasons for that. One, I'm not recording at night. I'm recording during the day like a weirdo. And uh, two, it has just now occurred to me after like almost 60 episodes that most of you probably don't listen to this at night. So me saying tonight at the beginning of the show doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So I think I'm going to stop doing it. Uh, rant and ramble over. But uh, here we are with the final episode, the end of the discussion on the Bell Witch 
in Adams, Tennessee. And uh, if you haven't listened to the last episode yet, uh, you don't need to, I guess. It it help it help a lot. But we kind of we kind of covered uh, the entire Bell Witch story as it was. And this episode, I'm trying so hard not to say tonight. This episode, I'm going to get into the more modern stuff that is happening with the property now. So we're going to talk a lot about the Bell Witch Cave. We're going to about talk about the Kirbys who now live there. Uh, we're going to talk about a little thing that happened in 1951 to kind of bump the memories of the Bell Witch in everyone's mind. So that is what we have tonight. Uh, I've got some new stories, like always, and I have someone who wanted to come in and tell their experience on the Your Small Town Secret segment. More on that later. And uh, that is the show. That is the show for the end of the season. So that's all I've got for this intro. And uh, so let's start our discussion with the Bell Witch Cave, for the most part. Hello, all you curious creatures out there. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we are the hosts of Into the Portal. If you like myths, legends, history with a paranormal twist, join us every week as we explore lesser-known mysteries of our world and beyond. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and all other major podcast platforms, and at IntoThePortal.com, your gateway to the bazaar. The only question is, do you dare peer into the portal? Before we get into tonight's topics, I want to take a minute and let you know that there is so much more small town secrets to enjoy. Check out the Patreon. There are one, two, and three dollar tiers of support with stuff like a shout out on the main show, exclusive buttons and stickers, MP3s to the music I create, also an ad slash promo free version of the main show as well as STS Backroads, the Patreon-only podcast that comes out in the off weeks, which means you'll get content every week, all in your own RSS feed. There is all of this and more. To sign up, go to patreon.com slash stscast or stscast.com and click on the support tab. And now, on with tonight's episode. Even though the immediate Bell family who lived through the experience are long gone and the farm has far since been broken up into several tracks and sold off, the story of the Bell Witch lives on even today. In 1951, the story got another page added to it when three teenagers from Nashville ventured to what was once the Bell Farm. They had decided to see what all the fuss was about and made their way to Adams. Along the way, they stopped and talked to the locals and soon found themselves driving down a dirt road, eventually coming upon the original family cemetery. Here, they found John and Lucy's headstones as well as some of their children. Two of the teens began pushing John Bell's stone back and forth until they were able to dislodge it from the dirt. The kids then popped it into the trunk and drove off. They started back home, driving quickly, 
lest the cops were on their tail. They took a shortcut off the main highway through the town of Jolton, and as a speeding car came to a dangerous curve in the road, a curve the locals call the Devil's Elbow, the driver lost control and wrecked into a ravine. The driver of the car died, and the other two suffered some injuries. When the car was returned to the family, the stone was discovered by the driver's mother. I've also heard that it was the sister that discovered it. She decided to return the stone the best she could, fearing that the other two teens would suffer some similar fate. She carted it back to Adams and discarded it alongside the road. Just a normal road. Like, she didn't take it back to the cemetery because she wasn't sure where the cemetery was. She just thought that maybe she was close enough and uh, put it on the road and covered it with some brush. I've also heard that they threw it into a river. Her hard work didn't pay off, though. Both of the other teens suffered freak accidents, one losing his hand and the other also dying. The stone was never found, and later a descendant of the Bell family would uh, help erect a cemetery for them known as Bell Wood, which is actually a place I think you can go and visit that one because it's much more of a, like, a modernized cemetery. I believe they reinterred most of the family there, I think, or it might just be like a ceremonial thing. I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. I'm also not 100% sure about that story. It's kind of weird. Like, it has certain needed details to be, like, verifiable. It has a date. It has, like, they went through this town. It was three of them. But, like, there are no names or anything. Like, I couldn't find uh, mention of it in newspapers.com. I couldn't find, like, a news article about it. You know, someone digging it up and giving some details. So it kind of, I mean, I'm sure that it happened because the tombstone is, I believe, still missing unless... They might have found it, and it might just be somewhere else. But I don't think that's ever happened. They found other tombstones, but not that one. So it's just kind of weird, like... I don't know. Maybe they maybe they weren't allowed to, like, release their names because they were minors or something, and it just never happened. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it happened. I just, I'm just wondering why there's so many details left out of this story. Like, that would have been the biggest thing that happened in Adams, Tennessee, uh, since the Bell Witch. You think that there would be some sort of, like, reporting on it that I could find pretty easily, but I didn't. And as for the land itself, after John Bell's death, it was cut up in the tracks and given to some of his children. As time went on, new families would move on to the land. The main tract, where the original Bell home once stood, came into the ownership of the Eden family, who, over the years, had similar, albeit more tame, poltergeist-like activity. And then, in the early 90s, probably around 92 or 93, the Kirby family moved in, which still owns the land today. And I'm I'm doing some math here. Uh, the book that I used for this was a book written by them and a reporter friend who self-published the book. The book is called Bell Witch, The Truth Exposed. Link in the show notes, of course. But it came out, it was copyrighted 2003, and somewhere in the book, they mention that they've been there for 10 years. So, if the copyright's 2003, they probably wrote the book in like nine, or like 2002. So, say 1992, maybe? 1993 was probably when the Kirbys moved in, and they're still around uh, on the land today. 
for years it had been Walter and Chris Kirby's dream to own a tobacco farm. But whenever they tried, the contracts would always find a way to slip through their hands. That was until the Edens decided to sell. They had some trouble selling the property, perhaps because of its history. However, as the price came down, it caught the eye of Walter. Walter could not pass up at least putting a bid on the place, and before he knew it, he was shaking hands and signing papers. The Kirbys now owned the very land that the Bell home once stood on. Also on this land, nestled back in the woods, was the Bell Witch Cave, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. The Kirbys first were not bothered by the land's history. Walter had gotten a great deal on his dream, and Chris was pleased to have a home with so much history to dig into. In fact, a psychic had told her before they bought the farm that they would indeed buy a farm, and that this farm would have a strange energy to it that would emit from a structure embedded into the land. She would go on to tell Chris to be prepared. And so Walter, Chris, and their daughter Candy moved into their new home, and whatever lingered on the property wasted no time in making itself known. They had spent the first day moving and unpacking, and thus went to sleep pretty exhausted. In the middle of that first night, all three were awoken by a loud, crashing noise. It sounded like a glass vase, full of water, breaking as it hit the floor. The half-asleep family looked around for any broken glass, but found none. Even the next morning when they awoke refreshed, they could find no source for the noise. The morning after the odd crashing sound, Chris discovered a book left behind for the Kirbys from the Edens. It was a journal, and as she thumbed through it on the porch, she discovered on page 30 that the Edens had experienced the exact same crashing sound. It seemed both families would go on to experience very similar activity. A few days later, Walter was off working, leaving Chris alone in the house for the first time, when another unexplained noise came up from the basement. The sound was banging, as if tools were being dropped on the concrete floor below. The sound started off softly, but with every clang got louder and louder. She became so distraught that she called a friend who could actually hear the banging on the other end of the phone. And after the move had ended and everything had kind of settled down, you know, when you get all this stuff into place and everything's out of boxes, most of the stuff is out of boxes, Chris decided to explore her new home. With camera in hand, she set off. She sought pictures of the old oak trees, the waterfall that fell into the Red River, and of course, the cave, which at the time she did not enter, didn't feel right. When she got her pictures developed, one caught her eye. It was of a sinkhole caused by a collapse in the cave. In the picture, there were these weird white, misty kind of string-looking things and blobs. Uh, the pictures in the book, it, this is what it looks like, and this is going to sound really bad for a second, but it, it looks like, you know, like when you watch some ghost hunting show and they capture something weird and they go, oh, that's just like the strap to your camera. That's what it looks like, but it looks like if there's like 
10 camera straps overlapping on the photo. I'm not saying it's a bunch of camera straps, but you could I, I think you can picture that in your head a little bit better if you've watched any of those ghost shows that uh, come across that. But there, it's a very intriguing photo, and there's a couple of other weird ones in there. Of just I mean, we're talking full-bodied apparitions behind people, stuff like that. It's a pretty good little book to grab and read through. After the strange picture, Chris contacted the same psychic who she had talked to before they bought the land. The psychic came for a visit and walked the land with Chris. It was the cave that intrigued both of them. They both explored it together, and this was the first time Chris had been in Bellwitch Cave. The cave consisted of two chambers. They called it the front room and the other one, the one in the back, the back room. They were connected by a narrow hallway. And in that first chamber, they discovered a Native American tomb, perhaps of a young girl. It was here that the psychic let Chris know that there were multiple spirits on the property. Instead of running from the cave and what might be in it, Chris decided to open it up for tours. The cave would need some work. Chris and Candy worked hard raking out rocks to level the floor and to work some small channels that help direct the water. The cave has a tendency to flood when it rains and during the winter is pretty much flooded out. Eventually, Chris took a break, leaving Candy to start on the back room. But before she got all the way to the back, she heard the distinct noise of someone raking rocks in that back chamber. Chris was not in the cave, and there was no way anyone could have gotten back there without Candy noticing. This terrified her, and when her mom came back, they found that no one was back there and nothing had actually been raked. Eventually, Chris was ready to start giving tours of the Bellwitch Cave, and her first tour ended with a bang. Everyone on that very first tour witnessed a white mist on the ceiling in the second room, or the second chamber, causing everyone to flee the cave in fright. And uh, since then, many who have taken the tour have seen odd mist strange noises, even apparitions. Eventually, they even had paranormal investigator Bob Schott come in and do some investigating, and he did catch something very intriguing on video inside the cave. There was at first a temperature drop in the cave, a massive one that sunk the temp down to around 52 degrees. They first captured a bright orb of light, but after that, for just a split second on film, they observed something that appeared to be a doorway open and two human-like figures walk out before the door closes again. And I really wanted to bring this up for a couple reasons. One, that photo is not in the book. I would like to see a still of that or the footage itself. And I haven't been able to uh, come across it anywhere. It would be, it would be pretty interesting to see. The other reason I want to bring it up is if you know anything about, like, say, Skinwalker Ranch, they have that exact same activity of a door opening out of nowhere or a vortex or a portal, whatever you want to call it, and things walking out of it. They usually see them on, like, night vision. I know they were using, like, a night vision camera in here because it was a, in a cave and it was low light and all that. And it's the same thing. 
that when you look in the skin watcher, the exact same experience. A door opens from nowhere, things walk out, door closes. And uh, I found that to be really interesting, this this connection that now the cave seems to have with with Skinwalker Ranch. And, you know, maybe maybe the cave is just this portal area, just like Skinwalker Ranch and some of these other places that have very similar, if not the exact same, activity. And it's not just Chris and Candy who have experienced things, but Walter has as well. He has oftentimes heard voices while asleep. One time, this voice sounded exactly like his deceased father. This is an experience that he has had a lot of trouble dealing with. I think they even said it took almost everything for him to even share it for the book. However, it's not always something that seems to be trying to uh, trick or deceive him. One day, he heard yet another crashing sound coming from inside their barn. The noise was loud enough that Walter ran to the barn and flung open the barn doors. Inside, he found one of the calves had become sick. He was able to get the calf to the vet in time. Had it not been for that noise, he never would have known, and the calf would have most likely died. The Walters still live on the farm today, giving tours of the cave, unless it's flooded, and over the years, they have found ways and methods to help keep the activity at bay, if you will. They found a way to live with what lingers on the property. If you're interested in visiting the infamous Bell Witch Cave, you are bound to have an interesting stay. Just make sure that it's not going to rain. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And so I'm going to spend uh, the last part of this just kind of talking about what the Bell Witch may have been. The Kirbys, I think, have a very interesting theory. In the book, which I didn't really go into in the last segment, they kind of come to the conclusion that it all revolves around a portal, a vortex, something inside of the Bell Witch Cave. And uh, I really like that idea. I think that there are places, like I said earlier, like Skinwalker Ranch and other places where there's just a thing there. And that is a doorway that leads to someplace else that we just can't quite get there yet. It's a very intriguing theory. It's one to think about a lot. And the more I think about it, the more I kind of like it. Is it possible that all of this was just poltergeist activity? That's kind of a good one, too. Everything that we know, especially from the original story, at least as we think we know it, all lines up perfectly with poltergeist activity. Uh, kind of piggybacking both of those together, you know, was is there an energy? Is there something in that cave that was very happy to kind of be dormant and left alone. And then here come the bells and they build this farm. And now there's an energy, there's an entity in this cave that now has to deal with people. It doesn't want to, and it spends years trying to scare them off. Eventually uh, succeeding really, you know, you're not scaring them off, but he got there in the end. But then like, I think how come if that is the case, how come it's okay with, everybody else now how come it hasn't attempted to be that aggressive with the edens or the kirby's or anything like that i mean the kirby's give tours in the cave and now it seems okay so while i think that back in the day that might have been like a great a great way to kind of explain some of it it doesn't seem to hold up with the people who live there now they seem to be doing just fine with it unless maybe what is there is just somehow weaker now or I don't know, maybe it's become acclimated to people. It's like, all right, all right, I'll let you go for it. Uh, was it all just a hoax? No, I don't think that it was. Like, you know, like I mentioned in the last episode, if this was a hoax, if they were trying to make money on it, they did a piss poor job. A fucking piss poor job. They made no money. They didn't make a dime. Not only that, but they made sure to house and feed everyone that wanted to come and hang out for the weekend to uh, experience the Bell Witch. So if that was the case, uh, no, you know, and it also just seemed to make their life a living hell for years. And then you have the idea that John Bell was actually sexually assaulting his daughter, Betsy. And there's a lot of stuff to kind of point to that. Uh, he married Lucy, his wife, at the age of 12. When all this happened, Betsy was also 12. Uh, many people have said that Betsy had the ability to throw her voice. So, if I may paint a scenario, let's say he's a creep and this is what he's doing and Betsy starts mimicking or, you know, making up this haunting, which I guess would be a hoax, but not in a hoax that I said before, uh, to scare her father off. You know, it's possible that maybe she did this voice-throwing thing and that's all that it ever was and everything else that we've heard 
It's just an exaggeration on the story because we'll have no way of ever proving it. We don't know actually what happened. You know, there's no real record of it. It's all just written stuff in journals and books that came out after everyone kind of died off. So maybe it was just some uh, strange voices made by her and an attempt to, you know, scare him away to maybe make life a living hell. Like, think about it. Like, if there's people hanging out every night at your house, well, it makes it very hard to get up to some uh, terrible, shitty behavior because of it. And then we all know that John Bell, like, he had, he had, he died from being poisoned. It was a, you know, and he had this weird ailment where his jaw would lock up and he would kind of have seizures, basically. Uh, could she also have been poisoning him because of it? And that's how it all ended. I mean, it was pretty apparent that he was poisoned. Or poisoned by whom and poisoned with what is the real question. I don't know. There's a lot of, like I said, like most stories we come across, there's a lot of ideas, but uh, very little answers. And the story of the Bell Witch is no different. It kind of just comes down to uh, what do you believe? What do you think about when you hear this story? And with that, I think I'm going to conclude all of the Bell Witch stuff. There, actually, no, I take that back. There's one more thing I want to add uh, that I found very, very interesting, and I just couldn't find a good way to fit it in anywhere. So Chris did a bunch of research on the Bells and found out a bunch of stuff. A lot of it um, we've talked about in the last episode, stuff like him being excommunicated from the church for charging too much interest, stuff like that, you know, things that have popped up in other discussions and other sources about the Bell Witch. But there was one thing that I've never seen anywhere else, only in this book. Apparently, they found out that uh, Kate Batts, the the woman who they blamed for all of this, who said curse them because of the, was actually related to them. Kate Batts was Lucy Bell's aunt. So if we think back, let's say, let's talk, let's just say that Yes, it was Kate Batts, and she cursed these people and set this entity upon them. That would explain why the entity was always so nice to to Lucy Bell. It's because she was the niece of Kate Batts. And I have not seen that little tidbit in anything, no documentary in any other books that I know of, that I've read at least, except for this one. And that is that was a nice, intriguing little piece of the puzzle little thing to kind of file at least get you know i think it, i think it answers one question pretty heavily and uh with that i think i'm kind of just rambling here now i don't want to do that so uh let's take a little intermission i'll play a song here and then we will come back and i've got a couple of local headlines to share with you all
And I have just uh, a couple of new stories to share for this final episode. Quite frankly, uh, it's been a slow news week, a couple of weeks. And I really only found two stories that I felt uh, were interesting enough to share on the show. And this first one is coming at us from Coast to Coast, written by Tim Banal. It's been a, been a minute since we've done one just by Tim. And this is uh, Ghost Pants Caught on Film. A truly bizarre piece of footage circulating online appears to show a pair of pants running down a sidewalk seemingly without anyone wearing them. The very weird video was posted to YouTube by the paranormal channel Hidden Underbelly, which noted that the circumstances surrounding the strange scene are unfortunately unknown, although the setting would appear to suggest that it took place outside of the United States. The lack of details notwithstanding, the footage is undeniably odd and rather hard to decipher. In the all-too-brief footage, a young child can be seen playing with a rabbit in the middle of a desolate road at night. Suddenly, out of the corner of the screen, a pair of pants can be seen dashing down the sidewalk before disappearing into the shadows. Eerily, Features of the building in the background that should be obscured by the upper torso of the bean, quote-unquote, uh, for lack of a better term, are clearly visible, suggesting that the baffling sight is not merely a trick of light and shadow. As for what exactly was captured on video, some viewers have suggested that the ghost pants were connected to some kind of spirit, while, the, while others have posited, perhaps jokingly, that is an invisible person who forgot to put on a shirt. Others have linked the notorious cryptid known as the uh, Fresno Nightcrawler, and of course, more skeptical observers have put forward the prosaic explanation that the scene is somehow the result of a camera error or failing that, simply a clever hoax. And uh, I've linked to this in the show notes. It's a very intriguing, if not hilarious, video because, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You gotta watch it. They replay it and slow it down. And you just, it's just a little pair of pants. It's a little pair of like white painter's pants uh, running down the sidewalk. And you can clearly tell that they're, that it is indeed not like a trick of light because there's no torso. You can see the buildings there. But uh, take a look at it. It's a, uh, it's interesting nonetheless. And uh, the last one here that I'm going to do is from the Fallmouth Packet in the UK, written by Sam Grizzly, Sam Gressley Mansion. The uh, Boscombe Beach sea creature spotted in water. As reported by the Daily Echo, lifeguards called people out of the water at around 1 p.m. on Wednesday, August 4th. The RNLI has since confirmed to the Echo that there have been sightings of a large marine life. A spokesperson for the charity, which I think is the, the RNLI thing, uh, said the sightings were of a large marine life at Boscombe Beach. The situation is being closely monitored by RNLI lifeguards who are asking visitors to stay away from the water and have put up red flags. The RNLI added, RNL lifeguards flag the beaches for a short period of time to investigate reports received of an unidentified marine life. We still have no confirmation of what the creature was, and everyone going into the sea should enjoy it, but as always, respect the water and exercise an appropriate level of caution, including keeping around 200 meters from the marine life in you for you and their safety. Swimmers have been advised to speak to lifeguards for advice about returning to the water. A witness on the beach at the time told the Echo 
there were some splashes in the water and the lifeguards said that they hadn't seen anything like it in 35 years. It was said over the tannoy that there was sea life in the water, so everyone was called out and the lifeguards went up and down on a jet ski. Half an hour to an hour later, everyone was still out of the water when they put the red and yellow flags up and said they could go back in the water but might be called out at any time. Following the incident, the beach was temporarily closed with a red flag raised in place of a red and yellow one. The beach was then reopened half an hour later after lifeguards searched the area for half an hour to an hour but could not find anything. BCP Council was also made aware of the situation and said that the closure was only a precautionary measure. A spokesperson for the authority said, We were made aware of the RNLI that they temporarily closed the beach at Boscombe as a precautionary measure whilst an inspection was carried out in the area. The beach is now open again for people to enjoy. And tonight I have uh, someone who wanted to come in and share their experience. We've been trying to work it out for a couple of weeks. We finally got it uh, ready to go here for the end of the season. I was joined by Richard McGill, who has had a very unique experience with uh, UFOs. He doesn't just see them. He interacts with them. And uh, art is made as a result. So uh, he wanted to come on and just talk about it. He's made a nice little coffee table book of all of this intriguing kind of interesting art that he says is made by extraterrestrials with a little help from him and some other stuff. So give a listen to that. It's a pretty wild story. It's a pretty interesting one. And uh, that is uh, going to be our big, uh, your small town secret for the end of the season here. And uh, so I'm just going to, I got a couple of questions, but really I'm just going to let you kind of tell your story and uh, you know, I'll, jump in if i've got something something to quip about or whatnot but um really i guess maybe we should just start i just had questions really good at the very beginning so like i did watch the youtube video the the uh documentary there and awesome that's yep. pretty much like the basis yeah yeah can't think um, any better than that someone make a whole uh documentary about you like an I say an unsanctioned spinoff episode of uh, Ancient Aliens, yeah. except in the present tense, you know. And did they? Can... Was that their idea, or did you approach them to do that, or did no, they just they be approached... like? <laughs> well, obviously you didn't watch the video because it it I describes our interaction. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay, that's right. right. Yeah, it's... but also that's been like <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll been like a month ago. Or... Yeah, you know. We, right, we, we we've, gonna... been, we've been talking for six months since I yeah. first uh, sent sent out to you. Yeah. I, I reached yeah. out to you, but he was actually the very first. That's I, right. I, you have to That's meet, right. Yeah. I was. I've been a four years process of uh, being turning into from a forklift driver into what the so-called uh, personal photographer to extraterrestrials. But um, I'm not really good with social media. I just started. I one day I'm like, all right, I'm gonna send out like 40, 40 tweets. I'm gonna get famous today, and then I got yeah. got, got my account, I got my account suspended for six months, and then it came back, mm. and um, uh, I every time someone a new follower follows me, I was sending out like, a, "Hey, thank you for following me." And he approached me saying, "I, I'm an aspiring journalist. If you go to his uh, YouTube channel, it was uh, Parker's super cool videos, but he changed mm -hmm. it to Night Freak, Night, Night Freak Goblatron, which I think is yeah. a brilliant a brilliant name. 
uh, he's got stupid video. This is the first thing is foray into uh, like alien. Yeah, thing. I remember that. That was like the first he was gonna make a. He wanted to do yeah, more of them, but you were the first one that he did. Yeah, and so, you know, pretty, where, where do you go from the, from there, right? Like, get yeah. out of the park, you know? <laughs> yeah, beginner's luck, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I believe, I just, like, so start at the beginning, how did all of this uh, start? I believe it had something to do with you walking your dog, correct? Is when it all kind of Honestly, let's, but let's just think about this reasonably. Like, aliens understand the concept of monopoly, and they play for keeps. Mm-hmm. So they, my my relative, I have two sets of family that are very successful. Like one's worth like 50 million Canadian dollars. So I'm in Canada. Ah, uh, okay. Another one like has like a fruit empire. So mm-hmm. like success runs in my family. But me, my family, my my mom and myself were the the black sheep of the family. But we had uh, you know aliens saw the potential in me. I wasn't I wasn't really doing anything at the time. I was a forklift driver. I really took. Uh, effort into loading my trucks every day and um i was afternoon shift forklift driver so i'm up one two three in the morning yeah. uh, so on my 31st on my 31st birthday i'm walking my dog and i saw a light flash in the sky right where i was about to uh like i was about to come home from the walk and um it was you know just in the corner of your eye nothing really all right i thought maybe it's something cool well maybe it's just you know you look at a light or something but it was it got me interested in the subject. I was never interested before, really. I've seen Men in Black. Um, I haven't really seen Star Wars. Alien, I haven't seen. Uh, E.T., I haven't seen. I'm not really that big into science fiction. But I was always a big picture kind of guy, realizing that we're such a ball in space. Aliens are probably real. But So that got me interested in the subject. Watching YouTube videos, cruising around. You click one video, then you get to Bigfoot, then you get to Megalodon. Uh, you know, stuff like that, but mainly aliens. And one video t- told me how to contact aliens. Uh, like, just go outside at night, pray to the universe, come down. When I was in Venezuela, I smoked some really good weed in the Amazon jungle, and that feeling of like everything connected, everything moving, I used that feeling to one night after work, let me try. And 15 minutes of just praying to the universe, I'm Jewish. I'm not religious. I eat bacon, lobster, cheeseburgers all the time. <laughs> so, but I'm not, I'm, you know, but uh, Scientology, I don't know. I, I don't want to, you know. Yeah. So I uh, see a 15, yeah. 15 minutes. Of, so, but pr- I'm saying using that for how to, how to pray to the universe. I'm not, you know, it's hard to explain. But uh, yeah, you see, uh, I saw a light skip across the sky for two seconds. I was so excited. I continued trying to interact with them for a couple of weeks, just trying. Um, just like praying to the, or looking at star, stars, say move left, move right, and then like they kind of moved a little bit, a whole much, much more. My thing is, I don't know. You look up in the sky, uh, star, stars, just the night sky, stars appear. So, 15. So after a couple of weeks of interacting, I'm filming. What well, I have a, a notion, an um, uh, like a impulse to film a star 4:30 in the morning. And then some, suddenly it locks onto my cell phone. And I have this video. It's on a dead Apple uh, iPhone. Like I'll try and send it onto my YouTube channel eventually. But, uh, but it's hard to see because you need a complete black. And then a, like a half a blue circle appears on the top left corner of, this, of the screen where like the, the thing where the lens is. And I'm moving my phone around. And I'm like, 
holy guacamole. I didn't say that. <laughs> like from space, a star locked onto my phone. And, and then I was like, I could barely sleep. So then like six in the morning, I'm in my backyard again. And clouds moving, 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 stop. Other clouds moving, 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 stop. I was kind of like in a snow globe. And I'm like, all right, what is going on? Like mental illness runs in my family. My, uh, my grandma threw lamps, you know. My mom was bipolar. So, oh, oh, maybe, you know, I smoke way too much weed. Maybe I got some sort of illness. No, I interest, I actually went out of my way to interact with aliens and they took out my request. I invited them into my house to party. I asked them, to, the first like request was like, make me a smiley face in the sky. And I was so excited when there was like a gray, like a gray, grayish cloud here. I'm all, but like a yellowish tint too. I'm like, wow. But then realizing what they've, uh, progressively accomplished like the most intricate it's i call it like a mix between sim city and where's waldo all i do is sprinkle right. substance whether whether it be powder graphite charcoal mm -hmm. like hundreds of hundreds of different substances trying to trying to figure out the uh, uh how to document their art and uh been a process <laughs> and uh yeah i obviously i'm outright in saying i mentioned the uh, monopoly mm -hmm. i yeah. realized i realized aliens why me why versus hundreds of people interact with aliens what what do lots of people are trying to benefit, uh, profit from it and uh i'm doing the same thing but i just genuinely wanted to prove to my coworkers that i was interacting with them and now i've invested a lot of money uh, to print 5000 copies of a book a photo book which 50% of the profits are going to environmental causes, which is obviously I have to do that because my coworkers are extraterrestrials without them. So like they get, they're not going to need our money. Right. So if I may, I haven't made anything. I've sold one book in America right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a love project. It's uh it's, it's enjoyable to interact with them. Like I'm, um, I, you throw some, some uh, toilet paper in the, the in the toilet. And you watch, and they make art in that. And you and people would say, okay, you, yeah, that's you're delusional, buddy. You're crazy. No, I I have my one my one my one main UAP picture is like a this. I took when I got my zoom lens the very first night. I'm 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 shooting in my backyard. I take uh, on a tripod, no lights. I take one shot, black sky. Adjust the settings. Take another shot. Don't move the tripod at all. A seven object, distinct object UAP, different colors, different shapes, like long lines, different. And I use art mode. So if you go onto my YouTube channel, uh, no, my Twitter, which is where I pretty much, I, I've done eight. This is my yeah. actual eight. Actually, my eight. Right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Richard McGill, M A G I L L, then the number two. Number two. Yep. And I'll it's, make sure uh, I'll put that in the show notes and stuff so people can grab it. And if you think about it, make sure, like, send me a link to where people can get the book, and I'll make sure to put all that in the notes <laughs> for stuff. Oh, that's the, that's the thing I'm saying. I was not really into business. I wasted all my money printing 5,000 copies. I've got mm -hmm. about, like, 4,800 left. There, I don't even have a website. I'm not on Amazon. I'm not okay. on uh, uh, Walmart, obviously. You can only go through. I'm gonna. I'm setting up a website, but I need to sell some books to start that. 
So you go to my YouTube channel, direct message me, talk okay. to me. Fifty U.S. dollars that includes ta- uh, uh, shipping and any taxes. We'll ship it ship it to America. It's about twenty two Canadian, so it's expensive. I'm in Canada, right? It's expensive to get to you guys, but fifty dollars yeah. U.S. dollars. You tra- uh, PayPal. To, to, talk to me. The one person that has bought my book at Rockhawk. Sorry, my buddy keeps uh, shop, putting a distracting me. Every every time we do an interview, he's always he's always distracting me. It's annoying. <laughs> I I did an uh, interview with Stephen Cambian. And then someone actually made a podca- podcast shitting on my podcast. It was like the greatest, like, someone made a different podcast. Uh, shout outs to um, Paranormal Hood. Thank you for spending the time and shit talking on me. I really appreciate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Daniel is just my buddy, a life childhood friend. He's not my handler. <laughs> He's making a documentary on me, but I don't think I'm that entertaining, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But my coworkers are so. Uh, but it's basically if you want to, the person that bought my book, he says it's like being able to travel. How I say it, but he says there's other like picture in picture. I've spent a lot of time like different quotes. I've read six books on the subject that you take a few quotes from the book that describe the picture. I have an, a green one-eyed alien fish. I have an alien selfie. Um, gifts from aliens. Like the f- very first thing, uh, after, so after a few months of interacting with them, I asked for uh, gold and meteorite lace dagger, like the one found in King Tut's tomb. And then a few weeks of just pestering them for that. Um, I found a rock in my, where they locked onto my cell phone. My buddy mm-hmm. just put a thing. He says, let him talk, ask questions, give him space. That's his direction for me. So he is my, he, technically he is my handler, but I don't, I, I don't actually listen to him though. That's the thing. <laughs> so I'm in his backyard. I just got off work. It's super friggin' hot in Canada. I was, I was uh, where, where you are. You're in Philadelphia? I'm in Ohio. I'm in Ohio? Ohio? Oh. Yeah. Oh, for, oh. Right, oh now, right now, right now it's sitting in the cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. My thing is, I don't know what temperature it's not. It's not too hot today. It's been hot though. If you told me Fahrenheit, I wouldn't know what it is. We do, we, yeah. Celsius, man, it's so easy. Zero degrees, water freezes. Hundred degrees, it boils. Can't get much yeah. easier than that. I don't know you, you yanks. No, I don't want to shit talk you guys. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm with you. I think it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> that and uh, yeah, that and the what is it? Whatever measurement we use. What is that standard? Yeah, metric. miles, miles, yeah, miles. all that crap. Like metric is so much better. <laughs> yeah, it's just easier, <laughs> easier to remember. But but yeah, no. if you have, if you have a, yeah, 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 a yeah, little yeah. off topic, but yeah. So aliens, no, right. yeah. <laughs> that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> right. So you said I was kind of interested in this. So like you said, you've used different mediums, for lack of a better term. You've used graphite. You've used toilet paper like you've just mentioned um have you found like a good one that's given you like very what do you think has given you the most consistent results the most you know astounding result have you found like a certain a certain type of medium that seems to work better than others or are you just like let's just try everything and see see what we come up with pretty much like 
they can do it on anything. Like it started with like uh, a flour, but then I went to my basement and I saw some charcoal. I'm like, wait, that's a great idea. And crushed up some charcoal. Basically, it's like how what effort, how much effort you put into the picture, they reciprocate by making the picture better. So I would, when I bought a huge amount of uh, like art supplies off of Amazon, mm-hmm. and then some, I had a crazy like what I've read is aliens don't really uh, their their commerce is mainly bartering. So I do something good for them, make buy like set up like like I said for um a zoom lens like a nice 700 dollars zoom lens shout out to canon that's all i use <laughs> right uh you know and uh i sold my i sold my lap i sold everything though so i have no more pic- i have literally twenty thousand pictures so i have enough for a couple uh al- albums but yeah so when i did put in a new bought a new lens then the, i had a i only have like two ufo pictures basically like it's hard it's but i have like lot they make art of it but uh or you know it's like black belt level crop circles like 3d i call it virtual my the title of my book is what do you mean aliens aren't real i don't know how to make virtual reality art i'm just a trigger man trigger man obviously as when you take a photograph it says shooting but it's Mm -hmm. as a you know inspiratorial uh tone to it and it's kind of but, but but i so I'm working on this book. I made the title, and then I find a rock. I just find things around my house, or like, well, I forgot about the rock I was telling you about. But um, I found a rock that had like etched in a bullet. You can see it on my go to my Twitter. Uh, there's uh, like 4,000 tweets. Yeah, there I think I'm actually. Same I'm looking at. I think I, yeah. <laughs> I just clicked on it, I believe as as you said that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but going back to the the first rock. This rock, yeah. If, uh, you can find that rock on your thing, but it's a black, has seven distinct um, characteristics of. So I asked for a gold and meteorite lace dagger, like the one found in King Tut's tomb. The thing about meteorites is they're mainly black, and they're magnetic, and they do not scratch on tile, unlike magnetite, the earth rock. Uh-huh. This rock is highly magnetic, like two flat sides. It's like a perfect tomahawk head. I, it's literally the, a gift from aliens. So any, I, but I reached out to the local museum, and they they banned me. I just sent out a, a tweet, so one tweet to a reporter from um, a local newspaper. He says, "Do not tweet me ever again." I, I I thank honestly thank you for having me on Paranormal Podcast, the first one I ever did. I didn't even really know about Paranormal co- Podcast that much. And one guy from uh, Oddball Aussie from Australia. Um, yeah, yeah, he's in my network you? actually. Yeah, yeah, he got yeah. got the ball started, and we had a great one. He wants to have me back on, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was his first. I was actually his first guest, so it was pretty cool. Yeah. And we, we still keep in touch. But uh, be, then I went uh, looking for more. And then actually, the first one I did was you had me at Bigfoot, because but the Oddball Aussie got me on first, and then I started reaching out to everyone. But the last one I did from uh, that uh, nighttime podcast from my own own country, Canada, from Nova Scotia, I went, I looked, uh, just trying to look to see how many views on his YouTube page, and I c- couldn't find it. There's only one deleted video, and this guy has a Facebook page about UFOs. They actually deleted deleted my podcast, like, which is kind of pretty cool, you know? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh. 
you know, maybe I'm rattling things up a little bit. I actually have, I actually actually have proof. I'm like a lot of people else, like they can make, I can just sprinkle something down and they can do it on cue, but you people have to have some patience and it's minute little microscopic details. So it's, you look at it for two seconds. Oh, there's nothing there. And then you turn your head and explain to me, Oh, it's your imagination. Oh, it's just cumulus clouds. Oh, it's just a K- KGB. Oh, it's just satellites. Like, but, you know. But no, no, you know, you're right. Like, I have, like, I did watch a couple, you know, the one I think that you kind of point to a lot about the graphite. And if you, you can sit there and watch it, and I think you say it like four minutes and 45 seconds, you can see the thing pop on to the edge of the paper. And you can oh, watch it go across. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, you know, yeah, you really do have to sit there and, like, pay attention to them. It's not, yeah, you're right. It's not like a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've, I've yeah. Spent, and the problem is it's all it's 3D in nature. I've spent like two hours watch waiting until um a picture gets done. I'm like waiting for it to be a complete, but it never gets complete. But it's utilizes <laughs> the 3D aspect and how regular crop circles are uh more visible from afar. So you have to stand back, but then it's hard to see. So you have to take a picture of it and zoom in, and and one picture is you can turn around turn at different angles so it but like you need the book and you need your phone or a camera to totally appreciate what i have to show you but mm-hmm. but there like you said i have the vi- the video was for free i didn't ask him for it he just asked me to make that and um yeah this is my ninth podcast the goal is to have the whole world understand know about this situation see see what an alien fish looks like i asked to try some food of them just thinking a lot, thinking in my mind, hey, let me try some food. Just like mm-hmm. nonchalantly, not, not even like expecting anything to happen. And then I found a little green one-eyed fish outside my be- fish or shrimp outside my bedroom door soon after. It's it's not a seaweed. It's not a green pepper. It has a one clear translucent eye. Anyone that, that marine biologist or de- who research it, any, any I mean, if, I've looked up, uh, one video or one movie or something or a uh, discussion with Stephen Greer at Stanford University and analyzed his little Atacama, Atacama, uh, like little uh, alien corpse, and they fudged, uh, fudged, fudged everything, the numbers and everything. But they then they got some money from the government. So, you know, I'm not here to shit to talk out of my lane. I don't. I'm new on the scene. I'm trying to get everyone's attention, but it's not, it's not don't really listen to my story just look at the look at the look at what i have to show you all right please and thank you if you want to buy the book if you want to travel to other planets and dimensions then we could talk i promise you 50 percent of profits going to environmental causes I, i'm gonna piss off the universe no obviously not <laughs> all right all right no that's great i actually like that you're donating that like that you know there's a cause towards it as well you know you're not just trying to like sell a book you have you have a motive behind it the first order of business i say in the book is plastics in the ocean and yeah how do i bolster my claim that uh, oh they look they gave me a little alien fish most likely you know it looks it looks like a shrimp it looks like a shrimp but it's super tiny it fits inside of a memory card case yeah how big it's really okay Really tiny, really, really tiny. Like you'd have to, I'd have to eat like a thousand of them, and I might be <laughs> kind of full, honestly. 
they're super tiny. Uh, someone just asked me uh, on Twitter a couple days ago. I respond back. Honestly, I'm not like other group, uh, people that won't. Like, I'll, you ask me something, you can talk shit to me, say I'm crazy, feel free. It's not uh, paraduralia earlier, whatever that name it, term is for seeing faces in random shapes. It's, I mean, it's just not. It's, I'm crazy, but I'm not delusional. There is a difference, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna ask about. So, like, on your on your Twitter here, like your banner picture, that is, I'm assuming, a picture of of the <laughs> book, me, right? No, like, uh, not not your like profile picture, but like when you go to your like, page. Yeah, that that my haircut. That's not my actual haircut now, just so everyone knows. Yeah, uh, that was just a, a a buddy. We'd shave my hair and then uh, did that for uh, in the in the in between picture. I'm not I'm not into uh, taxi driver. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. Now, yeah, I see it now. No, that's not what I was talking about. But I was talking about like the your. The... I did see someone with that same haircut today, but he had dyed it green. I'm like, holy mm. shit! Are you see, you buddy? didn't dye it green. So, no, no. Oh no, but no, no, like you, it looks like you've got a picture here of yeah, 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 kind that, of open is, to yeah. a page. Correct. Of... That, that's like a hodgepodge of. Uh, that's a really cool picture. It is. Yeah. Um, it's very but, coffee table book like, you know. It's just 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah. It's a coffee table book, but it's also a washroom book. You take on the shitter, bring the book in, <laughs> take your phone, and. Uh, but that that act that page. Look at it now in the in the book. I uh I put I put a lot of time, um, have some fun quotes and stuff. If the quote that's on that page you're talking about is, if video games have taught me anything, it's that if you encounter enemies, then you're going the right way. Mm-hmm. Ali G, <laughs> aka Sasha Baron Cohen, and I'm encountering a lot of uh, enemies or uh, or gatekeepers or you know people, you know hundred like two hundred. I don't know how many videos the guy has, but only one video is deleted. It's kind of you know, which yeah, is mine. Sure. Yeah, huh. a, little, a little peculiar. Yeah. So like, what well, what are some of your favorite uh, pieces? I guess, for lack of a better term, that 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 they have made. You got a couple of couple of favorite well, ones. Um, uh, one is that. Well, what we've already mentioned a couple of them, but then the there's also the story behind the alien selfie, which is puts again puts me in a describes my situation, but it's yeah. uh, mirac- like it's from space or another dimension or planet. Aliens took a picture, so the if you can find that picture, they go along with what you, if you can see, you probably see it if you scan down mm-hmm. or read a few of my things. But so yeah. I'm in my am I, I'm in my um, computer ro- or uh, work room by myself, thinking I'm interacting with invisible like like it's like a mist or something really that uh, make that makes the art like the the you the small UFO video that was one of the very first the second time actually the very mm-hmm. f- that they came, like I have a, I saw I didn't even I saw something flip around but the, luckily I was recording it. But the very first night after uh, quitting my forklift job and bought a di- digital camera, I saw a little translucent blue ladybug-sized UFO floating or doodling in my uh, barbecue lid. So I knew that they were uh, small-sized UFOs, too. 
Mm. So I'm just drinking some water. It's super hot here. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this UF, this selfie. Drinking tequila, he's lying. <laughs> no, 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 no. This one. Uh, um, so I'm in. <laughs> I was doing. I'm trying to keep up one man and hundreds. Who knows how many different UFO types people uh, party going. So um, I just start decide to make um, uh, like for better lack of better term term is sexual sock puppet gestures like 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 a sock puppet I don't know but lewd but lewd behaviors I'm a kid at heart what can I say <laughs> um, into my digital camera like you pretending like the digital camera is like a viewer I did not take pictures of that experience. The next day on my phone, a picture appeared. The, the the source of it says cover camera. So it's kind of like a photograph with the cover closed on the camera. It just okay, shows. Yeah, so like, and yeah, the, like you covered on your webcam or whatever. Or kept the. Huh. Yeah, but I didn't take this picture, I promise you. Yeah, <laughs> it's not weird. a Photoshop. It's, yeah. So, and the file size is kilobytes. If you take a normal picture, it's usually in megabytes. But yeah, they, usually, yeah. Usually, but there, if, if even brighter than this, I tried. I can't. Uh, but the thing is, I can't even. I don't even. I lost. I lost that phone. Someone stole it from uh, uh, from me, and so I don't have the original, which is like absolutely devastating. <laughs> but hmm. the the picture the big the picture shows uh, an arm mimicking the exact same thing that I was doing. And you can look at the arm. It's you can the wrist is like twice the size of our wrist, and um, there's a um, like really long, gangly. I don't you don't see how many fingers they are, but you also see a little little UFO floating around, and then there's something on top of it. I don't know what that is, but it I what I describe the art mainly as um, like half Salvador Dali, half Walt Disney. So this is I if you know the if you ever, there's a famous picture of Salvador Dali called Dali Atomicus. It's like a surreal, crazy picture that I think this is like them imitating that picture. But as you know, it's, it doesn't have their face. So it's not, it's an alien arm and a small UFO selfie. It's not an alien selfie, but it's mm-hmm. still, it's still an unbelievable thing that shows my actions are being viewed by, by people. And, you know, not me trying to fool the world. This is actual. This is the what UFO Twitter we've all been waiting for. Honestly, I hate to interrupt your incessant musings, meanderings. It's the same thing every day. I just I, I have a regular job. Um, I really should go around and be trying to sell my book a lot harder. I it's like it's a soft sell, you know. It's a soft launch. I can't say, hey, buy my book. Oh, who's this guy? Who the hell does he think he is investing so much money in three years of your time? dedicating yourself to all these like artifacts all these i i didn't own a digital camera but from a shitty pawn shop camera to a professional 5d mark IV, you know learning photography and there's uh almost 1400 pictures in the book so it was a uh, it was a fun thing to make but uh you know yeah i kind of would like to say my i do have to get them out of my printer's warehouse shelves eventually so it would be nice to sell some hopefully some of your viewers you listeners or viewers can uh, would like to 
you know, take a chance on me. But if not, whatever. Then, you know, just don't bother asking the universe for any favors anytime soon. (laughs) I think, (laughs) I think, I think, (laughs) no, obviously ask the universe favors. (laughs) Well, who am I? I can't, I don't, I don't talk for the aliens. Honestly, I'm just talk shit myself. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Has there been anything happening, anything interesting happened really just in the last, like recently, like last couple of weeks? Anything like, I, you know, I don't know, just going through uh, the Twitter here. Let me go back to the top and see what was the last thing you kind of did. You know, just anything, I don't know, anything like since we, because we've, we've had to reschedule this a couple of times. I just didn't know if maybe something cool would happen in the last week or two that that you would like to throw in here real quick uh, i did DM, i did dmt for the second time recently actually a couple like a week or two ago there you go that'll make you talk to the universe right. well exactly <laughs> and then uh as soon as, I, as soon as i lie down i heard like oh welcome back or something it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. oh man cool. <laughs> but i thought i honestly like, you don't even need, i didn't, thought i didn't even need uh any psychedelics like i'm just like you lie back at nights use your third eye to, you know, really concentrate. And you see whether it's your subconscious, whether it's your imagination. All I know is reading from uh, Dolores Cannon. I read a couple of her books and she says, when you're hypnotized, she can say, Hey, let me talk to your subconscious and your subconscious talks to you, talks about you in the third person, which is pretty, pretty gnarly. But then there's also the aspect of, um, them like the girl says there was this crazy owl in the road and then when she's hypnotized what was that what was that owl oh that was actually an alien but my me being the subconscious i made it seem like it's an owl to lessen the crazy lessen the impact of that yeah they call it a a screen memory correct yep Yep. i've heard of that before they're like i don't know there's hundreds of different varieties they're not just like the gray version but they're trying to make it as like they they're hijinks i honestly think these photographs are them doing like wild and crazy orgies uh like you know it's like a sim city but them engaged in uh scant like wild and crazy orgies that's my hypothesis everyone can view it. it's art you know you can view it a hundred different ways yeah what i what i see is not obviously going to be different <coughs> from yours Richard, the house is on fire okay that's my buddy trying to <laughs> wrench in unhappy is the fate of one who tries to win his battles and succeed in his attacks without cultivating the spirit of enterprise for the result is waste of time and general stagnation. Sun Tzu, the art of war. That's, mm-hmm. all, that's all I, that's, um, you know, whether I become rich and famous, the goal is to get on the Joe Rogan podcast, obviously, because once that happens, the whole, it's going to be a never ending uh, shit storm of publicity. So I'm kind of enjoying not being a center of attention, but I kind of, it's not me. I don't want to. I don't. It's aliens. Pretty much. All right. I know. I get you. I understand. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. we've been. What are we at? Thirty-five minutes here. Anything else that you want to get in here real quick? I think. What time we got. I think that. 
that about does it for me. I was going to ask why you, but that was actually the first thing you kind of went into. So that was my last question, but we answered it probably 20 minutes ago. So anything, anything you want to plug, anything else you want to get in? Uh, yes, like, yes, like yes. You've, you've got a Twigger, a Twigger. What the? You got a Twitter, you got a YouTube, and yeah, well, uh, all we of that. Talk, we were talking about the one video in which you can see a little insect-sized UFO mm-hmm. uh, float back and forth and do a slow motion somersault or backflip onto the paper. Five minutes, it meanders along the paper, and then yeah. it goes to the ed- other edge of the paper, and you watch really close. It looks like it, it shakes in like like a magician without his without being a cloaked or, or a cloth uh, pops out of a dimension. That video and lots of other videos of the art being made, which is not an uh, an art uh, you know an art escapade or anything. It's it's really hard to see, but that one video you do see the UFO. My YouTube channel is my name Richard McGill M A G I L L. But also on there is I spent a lot of time. Uh, uh, aliens got me hooked on art. I started making paintings, and yeah. I but I really put a lot of effort into making music. I, I say I'm like a one-man ukulele band. Go onto my YouTube channel. There's the, my vi- my uh, phone that was um, stolen also had a memory card with like a fo- with lots of like six months of photographs and. Like my whole catalog of music that got stolen. So anything on my YouTube channel is all the music I have recorded, whether it's like maybe 20, 15, 20 songs that are really, really good. I would start with the three. It's it's called Silly Sounds on my ukulele. A whole bunch of different uh, things. Or also Summer in November and um, I can't and I forgot the last, the other name. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, my first duet with my very first duet. And the three minute forty eight second song. Wear headphones. Listen to the the music, please. You're not. We're not getting any more Hendrix. We're not getting any more Led Zeppelin. Maybe if if those two, if Bonham and uh, Hendrix were aliens, maybe they're they use me as their middleman to make some music. I don't know. I think it's really good. Maybe it's not, but I would love at least have a listen. Right. And again, that's all free. I'm not. I'm not asking you to buy my album. It's all free. Gotcha. Document, but mainly the documentary. Is it's gone from in six months. It's hit 1,700 views. It's like someone, some random guy, just messaged me. Say, hey, I want to make a documentary about you. He obviously saw the merits. He put about 20, 25 hours of his time without paying. I haven't even got given him a book yet. I really gotta send him the book, Parker. I'm so sorry. I will send you a book. I, I just gotta get some money. My work is very slow. No one's uh, wants fences. I do, I, I do fences. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But, so uh, YouTube yeah. is the YouTube. You would say is probably the main hub, the best way to to talk to interact to with you. Yeah. No, to talk to me and see and uh, see my stuff. Main stuff is Twitter. If you okay. want a twenty-one minute documentary. That will go through all my proof, which we've kind of done today. But but there's more, and you can see the see not me just thinking on the top of my head, um, like like a written out sentences that like are proper, not me jibber jammering away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 really good, honestly. I I can't thank him enough, honestly. I said if I ever do make some get some sales, I owe him a, a Lamborghini. 
whether it's a model or a brand new one, it all depends on you, the customer. Right. All <laughs> right. All right. I'll make sure. So yeah, I will make sure to make sure to throw your Twitter, your YouTube, and a link to said yeah, my, doc. My, if, you, if you spend ten seconds perusing my uh, Twitter um, thing, you'll see lots of lots of links to that the website. Yeah. The, uh, the documentary but um there's also oh, the main thing is also you asked me what another cool thing is a just little tiny rock <clears throat> that is super tiny again super tiny you zoom in you see some wild crazy alien smiley faces that, oh, yeah. is that the uh the rock is in the documentary too but yeah <laughs> there's lots of oh, like yeah i think uh, i just scrolled past just, just, just take, take a little bit of your time and see, maybe i'm i am telling the truth right yeah, just hit the old media button and go through and just pretty much almost every yeah, I mean almost every tweet you got here is, has some sort of accompanying photograph or video. You know what exactly, I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. chock full of it. All I'm right. Tr- exactly. Everything I back up what I have to say with proof. So how many other how many other stories can do that? Yeah, <laughs> not a lot. Sometimes not a lot. All right, all right, man. So. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, and that does it for the episode 6.10. That does it for season 6. That does it for The Bell Witch. Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you have a small town secret to share, uh, the best way to get it to me is to go to stscast.com, scroll down to the bottom of the main page, and uh, there will be an email form to fill out. You can also find everything else for the show, uh, show notes and pictures. I had to update them here in a little bit. I've been slacking. I'll get around to it. Uh, You can find... All the social media links you can find. All the ways to listen and support the show. Patreon link is on there. Merch is on there if you want to grab a coffee mug or a sticker or a shirt or any of that great stuff. All of it can be found at stscast.com. You can also find me on social media. I am most active on Twitter. That is at stscast. You can also find me on Instagram at stscast.gram. Also on Facebook, still dealing with uh, the repercussions of being hacked from a while ago. So there's not an at for it yet. But if you use the social media link at the bottom of stscast.com, it will take you to the newly made Facebook page. 
And if you stumble upon the old Facebook page, I can't get on there. I can post to it. I just can't do anything behind the scenes on it. So I did put a post with a link to the new Facebook page. So if you use Facebook to interact or find out about the show, hop on over and like that new page so we can make it the new page. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's the social media. That's how you can get a hold of me. I am going to take a couple of much needed weeks off and come back with the beginning of season seven, unless you're on Patreon, which there will be a couple of backroads episodes to look forward to. I think the next one, I'm going to discuss the Whaley house in I think San Diego, which is not a small town, but that's the great thing about backroads is we can cheat a little bit. I think that's what I'm going to do unless I stumble upon something else, but that's what I've got in the pipeline for the next backroads episode if you're a Patreon subscriber. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got. That is the season. Once again, I am out of here. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, be kind. And remember, every town has a secret. What is yours?